I said this at dinner the other night. I said what Tom Tool is doing is is um, more Michael Jordan than me s- sitting on this pod. Clearly, it's you're you're seeing the opportunity, and you're like, okay, I'm the best listening agent on the team, so I'm not going to sit behind the scenes here. I'm going to get into the game and lead the team on the court. If you are not getting educated about current housing market conditions, whether you're in finance, accounting, obviously real estate, mortgages, title insurance, or you're just someone people lean on for advice, you're doing yourself, your client base, and your network a disservice. This is the Knowledge Brokers Podcast. I'm Tom Tool. He's Byron Lazine. And fresh off the Tom Ferry Summit, Byron is fresh as a daisy here today. Yeah, I'm sure he's got a lot of rest, uh, uh, not not feeling well. Lisa could make it. 103 temperature. That's actually pretty yeah. serious. I haven't taken mine yet, but I, I would imagine it's above the normal. And my flight was delayed four hours. Got in at 3:30 this morning. But we know who the committed knowledge brokers are. And yes. uh, no, 103. I'm, I'm not that. High. I'm sure she needs the rest. That is borderline going to the hospital and doctors. 103. That, like too, that, that is pretty high. high. Yes, agreed. Well, get better. At least it feels better for sure. Byron, appreciate your grit and grind. And we're going to talk about how important that's going to be as we head into the fall. But first, Fortune Magazine and our friend Lance Lambert, we got him a new computer charger, I heard, as a parting gift from the last uh, podcast. Yeah, we sent 10 of them to his house. (laughs) Anyway, um, came out with an article, and, and I found this to be pretty fascinating about the, the challenges we're seeing right now in the market. On Monday, the 30-year fixed rate jumped up to about 7.5%. That's where it's been all week long. It actually went up to about 7 and 5 eighths on Wednesday. And that's the highest level since 2000, right? So 23-year high on mortgage rates, which has now caused affordability to be worse than at the height of the 2006 housing bubble. So what that means is we've seen payments jump up roughly 17% from where they were last year. We're seeing it's a challenge for people to qualify for housing. And the lock-in effect is stronger than ever. Uh, Lisa uh, Sturdivant, the chief economist at Bright MLS, um, said that we're at a pivotal point right now in the housing market as we head into the fall because mortgage rates are now more than a two-decade high. And for some home shoppers, these higher rates are enough to cause them to totally withdraw from the market she anticipates a slow housing market in the fall and this year. And even though home prices rebounded this summer, she's predicting a dip in some markets as new listing activity increases. At the same time, a segment of the home buying population sits out. Byron, what do you think about all this? What's your read on the situation? My first thing that comes to mind is the opportunity that agents have to educate those buyers that are in a strong position. We know how good the job market is, and we know that there are many home shoppers that are exiting out of the market, not necessarily because they personally can't finance the deal. It's because of frustration of going up against 10, 20 offers, what seemingly has been the last couple of years in their home shopping experience. And they're burnt out on that. But now's the time to re-educate them on, okay, when people are exiting out of the market like you are, and you have a 7.5% now, the the pendulum is starting to shift towards you as having some leverage as a buyer in this market. And those um, comments that you said, hey, there's going to be less people in the market 
going into quarter four buyers. That smells like opportunity for me. Barbara Corcoran said yesterday you could see home prices go up 10 to 15% if the rates come down. What that also tells you, if the rates come down, competition goes back up, which is what would push those prices up. So the knowledge brokers out there that are saying, hey, the long-term goals again are, oh, they're going to be in this area for 10 years. Okay. And I'm also hearing that we still want to be a homeowner. This could be an interesting three-month window for you as a home buyer. Let's get out there and be looking. Let's get out there and be aggressive. I can take personal tours for you. I can take you out on the, on the weekends and the, and the weeknights. And let's be aggressive in our approach to this market. If your financial situation, like many Americans, is really strong. Okay, now there are going to be the cases on an individual basis where they're just priced out of the market due to the affordability. You know, that that Lance Lambert piece that you're, you know, referencing, we can put we, we can put this chart up, uh, Bobby, here that U.S. housing affordability worse now. It says on the headline than 2008. It's actually in the article 2006. Uh, U- Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta's National Home Ownership Affordability Monitor, you know, has us down to the lowest level, 69 and a half uh, since 2006. This is also a sign, though that we're not in a situation like we were in in 2008, right? Like the fact that there's so much less capital, the the fact that only qualified buyers are getting into position to go and buy homes and 42% of homeowners own their home outright and 91% of them are less than 5%. Like there's not going to be a reprieve in uh, home prices. So this is the market that we're faced with. And I think there's actually a unique opportunity for buyers in the next three to four months to get the home that they want. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to come at a seven and a half percent mortgage rate. It's no difference than the first house I bought, by the way, in, in 2004. I, I was just going to say that I bought my first home in 2004 as well. And the rate I, I got some stated income loan, Byron, like some nonsense you can't even get anymore. And <laughs> every time the rates came down, you know what I did? I refinanced and I still own the property. We're renting it out. It's cash flowing now. So that, that's a really, and that's literally 20 years later is what we're talking about. So, you know, Lance goes on to say here, and I find this pretty fascinating as well, is like, what are, what are the levers to improve housing affordability? And we're going to get into where rates are going later in the show, because that's been the big talking point this week. And we're in this kind of funky back to school end of summer time here where the agents that got into the market after 2020 are like, well, what's going on? The market's slowing down. This is a normal slowdown. This is no different than those last couple of weeks in December or right around the 4th of July. This is just what happens this time of year. So I don't have any concern there. Uh, but, but what he goes on to say is that the path to improving housing affordability rests on three levers. And uh, I sent Bobby the chart so we can put this up. Rising incomes, check, we've seen that. Declining home prices, that one's questionable. And lower mortgage rates. And lower mortgage rates, a lot of people... Uh, that he had an article that came out a couple weeks ago that eight top prediction companies, mortgage bankers, Moody's, JP Morgan, Fannie Mae, the, the list goes on, are predicting we're going to see lower mortgage rates, which I do believe, I just don't know when. So that could be a possibility here. That's going to hinge on how the Fed reacts. We can talk about that. I, I don't see declining home prices unless you're in one of those super hot COVID markets, Austin, Texas, the West Coast. Those are places that because of what happened during COVID, there Austin's actually at pre-pandemic pricing right now, um, which and that, that's obviously one of the bigger hotspots. So, 
rising income, sure, lower mortgage rates at some point, but I, I don't see where declining home prices come in. And I, I don't think that's a lever you can really count on to improve affordability to your point. So, you know, w- with that and, and kind of where rates are going, I mean, are, are we going to hit 8% here? I think is the big question, Byron. What, what do you think about that? So I, you know, I think we, I think we could momentarily, there's no, you know, to say that there's 0% chance of that happening would, would be silly. Um, yeah, I would take home prices declining off the table to improve, uh, you know, to, to improve, just based on where the inventory levels are to improve affordability, I don't see it happening with home prices. So now, you know, as you're educating people on where the opportunities in this market are, we've got to look at income and we have to look at the mortgage rate. Okay. Mortgage rate's been very volatile. We could go up to 8%. Mortgage Banker Association is sticking by their outlook that we're going to be in the low sixes by the end of this year. So that's a huge kind of swing which is why I think, so if that happens, if we go to 6% by the end of the year, then the opportunity for a buyer is right now. <laughs> like, honestly, yep, yeah. like be, being competitive at seven and a half percent, you know, is a smart plan because, well, you're like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be, you know, buying a home that's well above what I could buy the rate at. But if it's 6%, everybody's going to be trying to buy. Okay. So um, I think you have a less competitive environment. And then for buyers that are, you know, on the edge of affordability here, the income income component is a huge thing. Do you want, this is just, I know this is offensive to some, but do you want Netflix, Disney, Hulu, Paramount? Do you want seven streaming options? Do you need YouTube TV right now? <clears throat> you know, so one way to increase income is to reduce the PL of your home. Okay, so what are the things we can stop spending on on the income we have right right now? That increases income. You, you stop spending 10, 20% fixed cost per month. Now you have more money to spend in an environment where it's getting more expensive to buy homes. Okay. Obviously, if if you can afford if you can have the time to work more, um, go ahead and do that. I think that's a viable option. I know that we're going to talk about a piece that is trying to get people to work less right now. Uh, I, I think, you know, choose your hard. As, to, as TF always says, I think working hard is an option right now. And then the mortgage rates, the thing, obviously supply is the thing that can help affordability the most. There's just not a lot of it coming on. There's only 70,000 completed homes. That's why builders are in such a power position of, in this market because of the constraints on supply. Well, and, and think about this as much as we keep talking about supply, and it, it's still a real issue in the market. We're at the highest supply we've seen all year right now nationally. This is the highest number of homes we've seen for sale, according to the housing market tracker on, on uh, that Logan Motoshami puts out every week, which is, to me, a must-read for the knowledge brokers out there. It's super relevant, super up-to-date. He looks at lead indicators, unlike our government with inflation, which is, which is a big plus. So inventory is not, not going to fix itself. I th- I'm clear the market's going to kind of be like this for the next couple of years. If rates come down, you're right. You know what's going to happen? All the people that pulled out are going to say, oh, well, I'm, I'm interested again. My view is, and we've said this before on the show, and this is what knowledge brokers need to be communicating to their clientele, because there's a lot of uncertainty right now. I was in a meeting this week, and it's with one of these kind of folks that you talked about where they own their home free and clear, and it's too big for them, and there's some improvements they don't want to do, and they, they, they're thinking about selling it. And 
the conversation is if there was ever a time to let a buyer deal with major defects in a home and still get a great price, it's right now because buyers are willing to take on septic issues, stucco issues, major inspection issues that normally would kill a deal. I mean, I don't know what you've seen in Connecticut, Byron. I see this all the time. People, buyers are paying full price with $150,000 stucco remediation bills posted on the MLS and part of the disclosure. So that tells you what the market's like. And this particular client, they're looking at it. Hey, I can pay cash for a new home. So you think that's going to be appealing to a seller? Check, check. You don't have to worry about an appraisal. The terms are better. That's the kind of person that can maybe make a move, cash out high, get in on something, and their costs are still going to be the same. It's actually going to lower them because the taxes are going to be less. That's someone that it demonstrates what's going on with wealth in the country right now. Um, you know, you know as, as we look at what's happening here, I mean, the Fed, a couple people from the Fed at their Jackson Hole meeting that they had, uh, which was going on this past week, there was a leak that like, hey, we're probably going to see another rate increase one more time this year, if not at the next meeting, maybe shortly after. That was according to uh, uh, an economist over at CoreLogic. That's their forecast. Um, right now, we're seeing an 80 plus percent chance. There's no rate increase, according to the CME group. So I think this is going to be fascinating what happens uh, at this at this meeting, because if the Fed does make the rate increase, I think we do touch on it a little bit, to your point. If they don't, Maybe they retreat a little bit. These next couple of months are going to be critical to see where rates end up. Yeah. The comment from Jerome Powell in Jackson Hole. What a nice place to host these meetings, huh, Jackson Hole? Although inflation. <laughs> Tax dollars well, work. Let's take three flights to a remote location and rent some big house and have a meeting. That sounds well, great. Why don't we pick the best location to be in the middle of August uh, in the entire country, which is ultra expensive, ultra luxury and do our meeting there. Although inflation has moved down from its peak, a welcome development, uh, it also remains too high. So he's acknowledging inflation's down from the peak, remains too high. He doesn't acknowledge the fact that rents are coming down and the way we calculate CPI is completely insane in comparison to other models. But we are prepared to raise rates further if appropriate and intend to hold policy at a restrictive level until we are confident that inflation is moving substantially down toward our objective. Those comments were just from like just an hour ago before we mm -hmm. uh, recorded this here on this Friday. Um, so he he's continues to warn that there's going to be some pain. There's some pain. Well, that pain, Tom, has to come in the job market. Okay. Cause I, yes. you know, it, it's either going to come in commercial um, buildings, which is, which they don't want that to happen. They I don't want to. That's not good for anybody. Let's they don't want commercial buildings to have a crisis and turnover, because that will impact regional banks. And we saw, you know, we averted that crisis early in the year. We don't want to be faced with that again. So when he keeps talking about some pain, he's talking about the job market. Now the job market continues month over month to just like buck the trend of what he's saying. It, it continues to be extremely resilient. Um, so we'll see. Some of these, you know, restrictive policies is basically what he's hinting at. Haven't caught up yet to these employers, and and I guess he's predicting that there's going to be some some layoffs coming. Yeah, and, and this th to give you the exact number because th this directly relates to this this CME group chart. It's, it's a daily chart they upgrade um, where they talk about what the likelihood is that we we see a rate increase, and it's all over the place. I mean, even yesterday it was 81 percent chance that we see the current rates hold firm. Now it's 84 and a half. We'll see. I mean, I start paying attention to this a little more when we get like September 15th, September 20th, closer to the meeting. I, I it just 
I, I don't I don't get the Fed. I mean, it's everyone else is saying one thing, and they're just like, eh, I don't. It's like it's like that that uh, the devil's advocate. Like, well, we're we're not going to do it this way, and and unfortunately, they're the ones that that pull the trigger here. So, it this is why I think rates rates could go to eight, and I do agree with that. I think they'll touch there and they'll come down. But then the flip side of this, and not to get political here, we've got a major election coming up in, huh. in the next twelve months. And I don't see the current administrating the administration wanting these high rates when they're trying to run an election. I, I just don't I don't it's not going to happen that way. So I think we might see another push here. And then as we get into election season, that's where they might ease off, because look, these guys are trying to get and gals and, and women and men are trying to get reelected. And I, 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 I we'd be foolish to think this isn't going to have something to do with it. The tenure had a. Pretty significant jump up right after Powell's comments this morning. So, uh, yeah, um, market obviously doesn't love the direction and the tone of what he's hinting towards from Jackson Hole. And um, th there's another piece right here. I'm looking at you know Wall Street Journal. I'm just I just when I looked up the tenure, slower hiring this summer could take uh, heat off of the Fed. I said this on the hot sheet too. I don't know if you saw this. The earnings report for some of the like, comp like a wise hire, these companies that are big recruiting companies, they're like cutting back their staff, which tells you that their outlook on the next six months is that most companies aren't going to be hiring at the rate that they've been hiring, right? If the recruiting firms are cutting their staff for and their outlook is is weaker on ad spend that would be an indication that they believe there's going to be less employment opportunities over the next six months, which would be in line with the more pain that Powell is talking about. I've got a theory on this, Byron. So we're going to jump into some hyper local stuff here in the great state of Pennsylvania that th there's a little bit of a push and pull going on right now with employers and employees. Uh, and, and I think this has a major impact on this because I don't know what you've seen, but it's some of the expectations of employees seem to be just totally based in the COVID 2020 mindset. So this is coming out of Harrisburg. And this was this article, this, this information came out this week. There's a new bill in front of the Pennsylvania legislature right now to create a four day work week. But wait, there's more. It's mainly for big companies, 500 plus employees to reduce their work week. And you normally think less hours mean less pay, right? That, that's what I would, I mean, I've never had a salary job since I've been out of college, so I don't, I don't know. That's not what this bill says. This bill says that it would be the same pay rate for a 32-hour work week. And it, it's, it, it, this is mind-boggling to me. Like, how do you get paid the same for doing less when companies are judged on their P&L and their performance in the marketplace, I, I don't get it. And this is some, this is the third time a bill like this has been introduced in the, in the Pennsylvania legislature. They must have been listening to that song uh, that's trending number one right now, Rich Men from North of Richmond. I shows Did how I, much I am. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll listen to this later today. I'll, it's I'll, like I'll, 25 I'll million views, this country guy from his backyard, and, he, and he's, um, yeah, Rich Men North of Richmond. And, he, and the big line in the song is, uh, working overtime hours for bullshit pay. And so, but I actually don't think the pay is necessarily BS. What I think is impacting people 
is the rising costs and the overtaxation of their dollar. If you want to be the knowledge broker in your marketplace, you need BAMX. It is a curated community of on-demand courses like the world-renowned Tom Tool, me, him, the best objection handler in the country, showing you how to handle seller and buyer objections on a consistent basis. Canva courses, how to design your own marketing so you can appeal to people on social media through email and look like a professional. And you get a private community with other like-minded folks like you that want to make their business better. Use the code KNOWLEDGEBROKERS for 10% off. Get BAMX now. Do yourself a favor and go outwork and out-educate your competition. All right. The average annual home insurance premium for Floridians, I'm reading off the Wall Street Journal, has tripled in five years. Mm -hmm. um, taxes only go up. They don't go down. It seemed, you know, I know we passed the big infrastructure bill, but I don't see that reflective in our streets and did, in the way that see, did you see when I-95 collapsed a couple of weeks ago in Philadelphia? <laughs> I mean, come on. It's... I mean, I just I had a four hour delay on my flight. I got in at three thirty in the morning on my return trip to Naples from Dallas last night. And I mean, I don't see much improvements in travel. Uh, I don't see the cost of it going down. And so I think that impacts the dollar more than the dollar earned. It's the other side. What do I have to, you know, you go, to, you go want to go get a salad. You know, that inflation is still high. A salad with chicken is like $20, right? You know, like you can't even afford to have, have lunch out anymore. It's crazy. And so th that's the problem that needs to get fixed. You know, you talk about, you know, we got a crazy election coming up and all this kind of stuff. It's not going to be by reducing people's work hours from 40 to 32 and, and keeping the same pay. What does that do? It's not going to solve the inflation problem. They're going to have another day to go out and spend that money. Okay. So it's actually only going to increase inflation. And I would argue that Listen, knowing that insurance keeps going up, knowing that all these things keep going up, I'd be looking for opportunities that allow me to put in more than 40 hours. Where can I be salary, add enough value to a company where I can possibly get upside in the future, where I can raise my income, become more valuable? Uh, you know, salespeople, knowledge brokers, we're in the best position to succeed in this environment because all we have to do is choose the opportunity in front of us. All we have to do is decide that we're going to put in extra hours in this market. Jeremy Knight from Austin, I shared it on the hot sheet this morning. He sent me some stats, Tom, from Austin Board of Realtors. Um, listen to this. Austin Board of Realtors, 20,000 agents, 10,000 of them, 50% of them have sold zero homes. I've got the exact numbers, but it's, it's like 19,893 realtors. 9,000. 50%? Oh. 48.4% have sold zero homes year to date. Uh, 10,270 have sold at least one home. 6,500 uh, 6, basically have sold two homes. So one out of three have sold two homes in 23. 23% uh, th have sold at least three homes, one sale every other month. And only 1,500 have sold at least seven homes. So one, one, one a month, that's 7.4%. And only 394 agents out of 20,000 has sold at least 14 homes, which is roughly two sales a month. That's 2% of the agent population. I mean, if you just increase what you're doing by 10%, can you not climb the ladder in this business very quickly? There's so few agents in the in the uh, selling two homes a month club, which is not a lot, 394 agents. 
you can easily get there by deciding the weekends are not going to be picnics and they're going to be prospecting. So I'm in the prospecting over picnic camp right now because I think the opportunity to clean up and gain market share. I mean, 50% of the agents just are, are deciding to not do anything. Well, you know, that, that's a really great point. I mean, and and uh, I know Tom touched on this this week at the, at the summit. I mean, what, what are we doing at our team? Well, guess, guess who's on the phones and setting appointments? Me. It's not I'm not saying you guys like it's this is a collective effort. And uh, we have a person on our team that uh, was not having a great year uh, and very transparent. And he's, uh, this person sold three homes for, so far for the year, which is not what we're looking for. And we had a conversation with this person and there was a PIP plan in place. You don't know what that is. It's called a performance improvement plan. And we gave very specific KPIs to hit each week. And guess what? This person did it, followed through, followed the plan to a T. And what, what came out in the meeting was, yeah, I got to stop just working when I want to and work like it's a job. And this is an agent that's been in the business a couple of years. So a lot of people are feeling that same way. These, these agents in Austin, I mean, it's the same thing. And over a 30-day period, we're seeing 277 conversations. That's basically 70 people a week this person is talking to. That gets you business. This person's taken a listing. This person has written offers. There's business coming just in 30 days. This is a 30-day turnaround in the middle of July to the middle of August when it's slow. People are on vacation. So, Byron, to your point, you can turn around the tide in your business pretty much when you want if you're willing to be accountable. And you talk about increasing your hours. To me, it's, it's less about the hours and more about the productivity and the numbers that you're hitting. And you've got to track and measure these things. And I, I think you're. this is kind of a nonsense proposal. I brought it up just because of the mindset around it. I'm less concerned personally about time spent rather than objectives hit, right? And I think we've, I mean, that's why I got into this business in the first place. And when you, we both run EOS, right? We, we run that at, at our teams. It's an entrepreneurial operating system. If you haven't read the book, book Traction, just go read it. It's going to change your, your business model. There's a scorecard. People are held accountable in a very positive way. It's not a negative thing. And you know what you need to do every day. And my observation with a lot of agents out there right now that are struggling in their business and this is also the difference between those people and the knowledge brokers that are out there. They know their daily KPIs. They're hitting those numbers. And when you start to hit that over and over again, it gets exciting. And then it's not just hitting numbers. It's, all right, I know that I struck out twice, the you know Monday and Tuesday on getting appointments, but I'm due for a bunch here. I got to keep going. And that's the mindset that's going to win. And that's much different than the mindset of let's reduce my, my working hours. So I love what you're talking about there in terms of objectives hit. And I'm clear that's the way you want to focus on your business or really anyone could. It's not just even in real estate. This could be any job. Yeah. If you don't have somebody like a leader like Tom around you to give you a pip or to give you some rocks, you know, to use EOS language, some 90 day rocks, uh, you know, you don't have a coach. I'd find one of those things, mentor, coach, leader immediately um, or give yourself a pip. But, you know, have somebody hold you accountable to it. I mean, even if it's your spouse or your partner, like, hey, here's what I need to do every day. If I come home, just quiz me. Hey, did you make 50 calls today? And how many conversations did you have? And you should be embarrassed if you come home and your spouse or your partner is like, ask you the question, did you make your 50 calls? And your answer is no. It's like, it, well, then your partner should say, well, then that don't be going over that couch. You're not sitting on that couch. Go to the you, office, you, Byron. You didn't bring anything home. Okay. I mean, imagine if like 
this was 2000 years ago, Tom. And, uh, you know, you, you went out for the day, maybe you and I were, were a couple, you know, I know they're maybe not as common 2000 years ago, but maybe you and I are a couple. Okay. And you go out and I'm, I'm back collecting berries and nuts. And, uh, you know, you're supposed to bring the meat home. You're, you're hunting. You're, you're supposed to bring some meat home and you come back and you say, well, you know, I just decided to do other things. I went on a hike, yeah, you know, I took, I, a nap. Yeah. I, I took a stroll by the, by the brook, by the stream. Yeah, I took a nap. It was very nice and warm and sunny. And maybe tomorrow we'll eat, you know, I'd be like, let's go, let's go back out there and find some food. Right. And that's ultimately what we're doing. We're hunting. <laughs> maybe, maybe if we, maybe if we wouldn't have gone that direction, we need, we need some masculinity in this conversation, Byron. And clearly you and I don't have it today. So no, Lisa's she's got, she was telling everybody in Dallas, she's got the biggest one between the three of us. She was, yeah. she was running with that line. Fa again. Factually inaccurate. I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure her husband loves hearing that by the way. Like that's oh, what yeah. you want to hear your wife saying. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, I think that I think it's a unique opportunity. I think it's a unique opportunity for buyers right now. I think that's my big takeaway of the week. There's a unique opportunity for buyers to actually have less competition. That's the same for for us, for knowledge brokers. There's less just the numbers on that awesome board of realtors. There are less people competing with mm -hmm. you right now. From an agent perspective, you got a lot less follow-up going on and you're you have an opportunity to really go out and take some share. So go do it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's actually encouraging for those that really want to be in this business. So I, I've got a text message people can send out to really activate some people here. We, we've tested this on uh, with our team. We got a response literally right away. Um, and it, it speaks to this. And I'm, and this is a script. This doesn't just have to be a text. We, we template this stuff so everyone can use it. So, hey there, Byron, before you make up your mind about your housing plans this year, the good news is, is that our team is seeing opportunities in the marketplace. The current rate climate has caused the highest number of homes to come available all year and less competition amongst home buyers. Would you be open-minded to setting up a quick call to strategize around your real estate goals? Very simple, right? You've heard that you know where I went with that. We used some Phil Jones influences. We were getting responses all day with this. We came up with this yesterday at one o'clock, 156. By 307, we had three appointments booked just from sending out that message. So that's the kind of scripting and dialogues to communicate the opportunity. Clear, concise. Hey, the rate climate is what it is. There's no, it's not this, it's a good time to buy, good time to sell nonsense. I know how you feel about that. It's factual information with what it's resulted in. And let's have a conversation. That's a play you can run over and over. And I'd be sending this out and, and using that script. That could also be like an OFQ, like an opener. Like, hey, Byron, it's Tom Tool here following up with you like I said I would. Hey, I, I know we talked before and you were kind of holding off. Before you make up your mind about your plans this year, we're seeing some opportunities in the marketplace. That's the good news. The current rate climate, it's, it's caused more homes to come available, less competition. Does that sound like something you want to maybe learn more about? And then just go from there and have a conversation. It's very easy scripting but it's specific and value-based. And that's what knowledge brokers are going to be doing between now and the next 11, 12, 13 weeks up until the holiday season comes up. Yeah. I'd be thinking about grabbing, you know, two or three relevant slides that I put up every day on the hot sheet. You know, if you're a BAMX member, you, you can just go download those in BAMX, use knowledge brokers uh, for the code. And 
I would grab a few of those. I would, I would use a script like that. I would also think about inviting the entire database to a 10 person zoom. Why not talk to 10 home buyers, home shoppers at the same time, a 10 person zoom around the topic. Why seven and a half percent mortgage rates have increased your, your chances of buying a home, why they've actually helped you the home buyer and talk about that competitive environment. Use a couple of the slides to show them uh, that days on market are increasing, that offers in your market are declining. And that if they go back, like Mortgage Banker Association says to 6.2%, what's going to happen? All that competition is going to come back in. Mm -hmm. So being a buyer setting up showings now in this maybe short window of time based on the projections could be to your advantage. And that script that you're using there you know, speaks to that, like, let's have a conversation and reassess your needs, right? Let, let's take a consultive approach and just sit down and see what we can individually package up for you and your family's needs. It's interesting you say that because uh, the, the, the folks over at BAM, uh, they put together an article about half of the people that bought homes this year are first-time buyers. And if you want to talk about painful losses in 21 and 22, it was first-time home buyers. They were getting shut out because they didn't have a lot of cash. Yep. They typically come in with less than 20% down payments. Not always. I mean, you get parent gifts now and, and that sort of stuff. The point is, though, those people, I mean, we talked about the first homes we bought. It was kind of the same rate, right, 20 years ago. So this is an opportunity for those people that are they're in a situation where their payment's still high. If you're in a rental right now, your payment's not that much different. And you're getting zero benefits of home ownership. So targeting that segment of the market, and maybe you're only competing against two offers instead of 10, that's going to be music to their ears because these people don't know any better. They're not thinking back to 2019. Remember, folks don't transact often. It's every 11 years right now, the average U.S. person moves. It's a little higher than 11 years. I think it's like 11.2 or 11.4. So that's a real opportunity there. And that number's climbed up. So you saw 37% in 21, 45% last year, now 50%. There's about 12 and a half weeks left before you get to Thanksgiving. And that's really when the year's over because anything you book, unless it's like a two-week cash close, isn't going to close this year. I'm a big believer that you've got to have a really specific plan for the next 90 days. We're doing this at our team right now. We're calling it the fall frenzy. Uh, and we'll, we'll break it down in an article on BAM for everybody here in the next week or so. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll shoot the video and do all that. That's the, the move right now. Finish strong. Don't give up. Just because homeowners... And sellers and buyers are talking about next year. There's still a lot of time left. 90 days, you can do a lot of business. And there's going to be people talking to your customers. If you're not, one of them is going to be Zillow. And if you don't have a Zillow contract in your market, it means you're not talking to those customers. Zillow is uh, home loans right now is promoting a product 1% down payment. Do you think that that doesn't speak to some of these buyers who have been burnt out? Uh, do you think that they're not going to engage and look at that as an opportunity? They're, they have a sponsorship with the Seattle Seahawks. It's on the top of their Twitter right now where, you know, they've got their logo splashed in front of Pete Carroll. They're going to get out there and Rocket Homes is going to do the same thing during football season. Mm -hmm. These brands are going to be front and center in front of the eyeballs all fall. They're going to be coming out with creative products that save consumers money. And if we're not in front of them handling objections, discussing objections, solving problems, then uh, you're going to see bigger numbers than what you saw from uh, Jeremy's Austin Board of Realtors. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I think I had messaged uh, you and Lisa. I was watching um, 
Yellowstone on uh, on Peacock or Hulu or something. I think it's Peacock. And we saw a Zillow commercial and they said, we got you covered with everything. It's not just, hey, we got the portal. They're talking about agents, mortgage, the whole the whole kit and caboodle here. Yeah. And, you know, I guess that's OK for us because we both have flex accounts, but not a lot of people do. I mean, they've cut those partnerships out and who knows where they go. You can't rely on these portals if you're in business. You got to rely on yourself and your actions and you got to protect your database. And that's coming from someone that has a partnership with Zillow and is a believer in Zillow. You don't want them getting involved in that because you don't want to have to pay them for one of your clients you sold a home to. And if you're not communicating with them, you're going to be shit out of luck. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have multiple pillars because if one does shrink up, you got to rely on the other elements of your business. If you're just in the referral past client business and all of your past clients have transacted in the last three years, to your point, they stay in the house 10, 12 years. Well, just do the math. It's pretty simple. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Uh, I don't know. I think that's it. We're calling it today, Byron. You you, yeah. you came through like a champ today. This was like Michael Jordan's flu game. Come get your knowledge. Speak, Sign up for BAMX. You know all the stuff. Speaking of Michael Jordan, I said this at dinner the other night. I said what Tom Tool is doing is is um, more Michael Jordan than me s- sitting on this pod, clearly. it's you're, you're seeing the opportunity, and you're like, okay, I'm the best listening agent on the team, so I'm not going to sit behind the scenes here. I'm going to get into the game and lead the team on the court. And I think that uh, you're seeing that a lot across the industry where the best of the best might need to be in the living room. It might not be a good idea to let your assistant or, you know, your colleague do what you've allowed them to do the last couple of years. You may have to do it as the knowledge broker. And so, uh, I think what you're doing is more MJ than, than me sitting through this pod. What, what, what I'll say about that, and, and I think this is, uh, you know, I had a, a coaching call about this, and it was, you know, we, 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 we made a decision. I don't think anyone saw the market getting this tough, right, when we made the decision. But the point is there's still a way to honor your integrity and pivot your game plan. And that's what the best leaders are doing in real estate. That's what the best agents are doing. You got to adjust to the market. You can't just – uh, you know what? We're just going to keep doing things the same way and we're going to expect different results. That's you've heard that a million times. That's insanity. And there's a training opportunity there. I mean, when when I don't know many other teams that have their agents come in with someone that has an excellent and I'm not just the best listing agent on the team. I would argue I'm one of the best listing agents in the greater Philadelphia area. And that's not that's confidence. That's not cockiness. These are these and are, results. 20 plus so, years of results. For sure. And 90 sales a year, 71% sign rate. I've got all the stats. And if people say the 71% sign rate's too low, my response is you're not going on the tough enough of listing appointments where you're interviewing against four or five other people. Uh, yeah. That's a Mike Ferry number there. And he's obviously very seasoned there. So, but when you bring someone in and say, hey, this is how to do it, the reaction has been amazing because I don't know about you. You ever hear someone they're like, eh, you know, I don't, I don't need the script, right? You've heard that before, I'm sure. Well, a couple of people on our team came in and they said, wow. You didn't deviate from the script at all. And we got the listing sign. I said, yeah, uh, th- this is what we do. I mean, it's it not works seven not out of 10 times, but, but seeing it is different than teaching it. And I, I, that to me is pretty impactful and that's real mentorship. I mean, I, I don't, you know, that, that kind of training, it would cost, I mean, imagine if Tom Ferry offered listing appointment training where you're actually like going on listing appointments with some, I mean, it would, it would be bananas, the cost. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm excited that people are getting to see that and getting to see it work and the people that apply those skills, they're going to do well, which is exciting. I, I, that, and that, that's, what, that's what this business is all about. Yeah, I agree. 
All right, brother. Good, good, uh, good pod. Hopefully Lisa feels better with you guys next week. <laughs>